Welcome to The Bright-Eyed, a podcast dedicated toward empowering teens to make a difference. Each week, I interview inspiring teens from all over the world to help share their story and talk about important global issues. Tune in to start your week feeling a little more inspired and empowered to make a change. We are more than capable of changing our world for the better. Let's see who's rising to the occasion. I'm your host, Daisy No, and this is The Bright-Eyed. Hello there and welcome to The Bright-Eyed. Today my guest is Jade Bung, a dedicated crafter who loves making everything from bookmarks to baked goods for friends and family. Creating things for people has always been her greatest joy and when the pandemic forced her to stay inside, she rediscovered this joy. Working on the Daily Daisy project, she's fallen back in love with fashion and finding ways to connect, create, uh, connect this creative outlet to social activism. So good to have you here. Welcome to the show, Jade. Thank you so much for having me, Daisy. <laughs> and I'm super excited because we we did work together before on the Teen Changemaker Conference. So I'm excited to like dive in deeper into what you do. Um, so so right off the bat, tell us a little bit about the Daily Daisy Project and what inspired you to start it. Yeah, so basically the Daily Daisy Project is kind of this Instagram platform slash website where I just get to make jewelry that I like. And I get to sell it online and donate all of the gross profits to humanitarian organizations that help aid a social justice movement. Um, I've been doing it for, oh my God, almost two years now. I started um, when the pandemic started in 2020. um, I've donated over $5,000 to a lot of organizations. And this year, as we're like coming back to in-person school, I finally got to open up a high school chapter and, you know, invite more teenagers to like join me and work with me. And it's been so fun doing that. And as for inspiration, um, I guess it was just kind of a hobby for me in the beginning. I needed to find a new purpose and a new motivation to like get through online school. You know, everything was canceled. I was like, what is this? This is not how I imagined high school. Um, And I decided that the best way to like stay motivated and stay active with my hobby was to, you know, um, help other people through it. So that's why I started. That's awesome. And I can, I can totally relate to that. I I know I started this podcast when quarantine first hit, I was like, okay, well, I have like all this time on my hands all of a sudden, Um, might as well use it. So I I think that's, that's really cool. Um, And just out of curiosity, like, what do you normally do as you make your products? Do you like listen to music? Are you an audiobook person? Or do you just kind of focus on what you're doing? Well, at first I tried to like get into Netflix shows. Like I tried Grey's Anatomy, Gossip Girl, like Outer Banks, but it's so hard to like watch as I'm making, you know? So I, I resorted to podcasts. I find I found a couple podcasts that I really like and I stick to. My favorite are Anything Goes by Emma Chamberlain and Inspire to Aspire by my friend Grace Lee and the Bright Egg Podcast, of course. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. No, I that's so cool. So you, you have like other friends who have podcasts too. That's amazing. Uh it's it's a it's a fun community. I my favorite thing is like DMing teen podcasters on Instagram, being like, "Hi, nice to meet you." They're always so nice about it, which I'm sure is is that how you feel about the small business community? Of course, of course, it's actually so like supportive, and everyone is so nice. Like I was really scared coming into this community at first, but everyone is so nice and helpful. 
Yeah. Right. Because I think especially like business, like it seems very like cutthroat and like, you know, no. competitive. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, I, I've spoken to a sticker small business um, in the past and they said the same thing. They were like, you know, everyone was just so welcoming and accepting. Yeah. So I'm glad that you found that community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think what in particular, you're, you're a small business, but what's unique about the Daily Daisy Project is it's like way more than just a small business. So all your proceeds go to various humanitarian causes. I I know you've donated to Children's Museums, uh, Women for Women International, and the Trevor Project amongst so many more. Um, And I was wondering out of like all the different causes that you've supported, which one have you connected with the most or which one do you feel um, was the most close to you? Oh, this is so hard. Like, I have loved working with all of them because I get to learn so much from everyone. But I guess the one place that I've connected with the most recently is the Children's Museum because it's my first like in-person activity and it's my first tangible like witnessing the joy on people's faces and like actually getting to work with people. So that one's really heartwarming and very meaningful to me. And it's also so amazing, like how you can work with children and just see that like passion and creativity that's like still so alive in their eyes. Like once you give them the like the environment and the encouragement, they're so creative. It's like it's natural to them. And that really gets me thinking a lot on how creativity should be natural for like all of us. So I learn a lot from that from the Children's Museum. I love that. That's like such a cool way to, um, because it's, you know, it's a business, but you're also like working in the community and actively like giving kids a chance to express their creative outlet, which I'm sure you found impactful for you. So it's really cool that you're like extending that to other people. Um, Could you talk a little bit more about what you do with the Children's Museum? Like what uh, you've kind of been doing, uh, maybe some highlights, your favorite memories? Yeah, so we've basically been hosting craft sessions, monthly craft sessions at the La Habra Children's Museum. And they give us like this uh, multi-purpose room and we set up our beads and we set up the tables and we invite the children over from the daycare center next door. So we get, so we sometimes have classes, we sometimes have walk-ins and we just create with them, like whatever they want. And it's really interesting because just in the past, like three or four craft sessions, we've actually adapted how we host these craft sessions to be like more fitting for the, for the children. Like they have a response, like they know what they want. They know what they want to do. And we're just there to like, you do you, you do you, sir. Like, and it's so fun because one time or our first time we came with kits, we had everything like pre-packaged. We had the like string cut out into like 10 inch segments like 50 beads per person and they had fun, but that wasn't all they had in mind. So they started asking like, can I have more of the pink beads? Can I have more pearls? Can I have a longer string? I want to make a necklace. I want to make a belt chain. And we ditched, we ditched the craft kits. We just said, tell us what you need. We'll do it. This is so fun. And there was just so much creativity. Everyone started making what they wanted and it was so different. It was so fun. Yeah. I love that. And I, that's so true. I feel like with like 
anything really, but community service in particular, you might have this idea on how to best help the people that you want to. And then once you get there, you're like, oh, actually, I think yeah. we need to adjust the plan a bit. That's just kind of like a part of it. Yeah, um, and it adds to the fun. Exactly. It t- 100% does because it does feel a lot more authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're getting like direct feedback, I mean, how can you refuse, right? <laughs> Especially with kids. Um, have you noticed an impact on the kids that you've been working with compared to the first time that you've done this event? And then maybe if people keep returning. Yeah, I mean, the people that the children that come to the museum are always changing, but usually the volunteers that come with us are pretty constant. Like it's our club members and it's the volunteers at the museum. And I've definitely seen changes with the volunteers because we're learning so much from the children and from this environment. We have to like adapt. I think the most interesting thing is how like more, how much more attentive we are to a setting where we're working primarily with children and primarily with groups of people that might be families, that might not be families. And we're just being a lot, we're just being more careful to be more neutral, not to assume anything, not to impose like any gender stereotypes, any like family stereotypes. And one thing our club advisor taught us is to not refer to the children as kids because kids and children has a totally different connotation like kids and youth, kids and children. So we've just been finding new ways to be like more mindful and more welcoming for everyone. And it's definitely a learning experience for us. Right. And I think that's a really cool thing to be attentive to, especially in a creative space. Right. It's it's not like school. Like I feel like when you're being creative, you're allowed to like express yourself and like be more of who you are. And so I think like creating that environment where they feel okay doing that. I'm sure it only adds to like what they're able to do and how they're able to interact with you guys. Um, That's so cool. I I love this. This is like such a cool event. Um, And it's, it's even cooler because I listened to a podcast interview that you did like almost a year ago, like in May uh, 2021, um, which was a while back. And I I remember you talking about wanting to do an event like this um, and then wanting to start a chapter program. So to like to be talking to you today in like January 2022 and like having realized that you did accomplish that, that's absolutely incredible. Um, (laughs) And and just like, uh, you know, for for both of those reasons, um, what's it been like to like see that actualized and what is it like, you know, I mean, you've been probably planning for a really long time uh, to see that all happen. You know, it's interesting because I didn't really think about it like that until you said it, but (laughs) I did have this on mind for a long time and it's just been what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to get back into working with people. Like I'm an extrovert. I need to talk with people. (laughs) I'm sure you can relate, but talking with people is very fun. Like brainstorming is so much easier. so much more fun. And I guess I had a lot of people help me stay on track whether it be consciously or subconsciously. Um, After I started the Daily Daisy, I actually begged my counselor to change my class so I could take this one business class. It was called Empowering Entrepreneurship. And the teacher there helped me so much on like how I should plan this. And I also had my French teacher who has been like a, such a great role model for me at school. And I, he was always as like a safe space where I could just talk and plan and vent. Like, I want to do this. I want to do this. Here's how I'm going to do it. I need your feedback. And 
just having people to talk to and just being constantly reminded of it really helps me stay on track. And now that I'm like actually talking about it with you, it's so like, wow, I did do it. Like, (laughs) right. It's a full circle moment. Like this is like so incredible. Um, (laughs) And I'm sure it must feel like, uh, like, do you feel like you've gathered more self-confidence or like, how has this changed kind of your perception of what you're capable of? No, definitely. I think I got a lot more confident and a lot more like, I don't know, ballsy. Is that the right word? I don't know. (laughs) But like, that sounds good. (laughs) Yeah, ballsy. We'll go with that. Like a just do it mindset. Like, why don't I try? Like the worst that can happen is it doesn't happen, you know? So just trying it. And also just knowing that people are a lot nicer than I think. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I agree that's like 100 like I, I feel like especially when you're trying to do community service it's always like oh I don't know if I want to ask they're probably busy you know I don't, you know yeah. like there's a whole lot of that but um, I think just like putting yourself out there and you you're gonna get a couple no's but I, I've gotten like the m- more surprising yeses than no's exactly exactly like exactly. my heart beating so fast <laughs> right before I send the email and yeah I the email, I'm like okay that wasn't bad like that's right <laughs> exactly and even like when you get a no you're like oh like I'm not like completely right. thrown yeah um, so it's so not I like the worst other pathways exactly exactly and I think with with the kind of drive that you have and I'm sure listeners out there have too like it's you know it, I have no doubt that we'll like keep going you know what I'm saying so just like trusting that you'll be able to adapt to that <laughs> Dang, that's awesome. And I, I'm glad that you kind of got that little full circle moment. I think it's like, it's it's the best kind of looking back and being like, wow, I like really came a long way. Right. And thank you for helping me realize. I feel like, I mean, as teenagers, like we don't celebrate our successes as much we as much as we should. But right. go us. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Go us. <laughs> we'll take a little yeah. moment. <laughs> Um, and so you, we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but it sounds like through this whole experience, you've gone through a lot of personal growth. Um, so like, what are some other ways um, other than confidence that you feel like you've been impacted by the work that you're doing? I guess just being a lot more attentive and open to personal connections is really like, it's kind of mind mind opening because the whole premise of Daily Daisy is selling jewelry and jewelry is very personal to people. So I've gotten a lot of requests on being like, like, can I customize this order? Can you send it to someone with a note? Or can you make this for me, even though it's not on your product list? And just understanding the why and the how I can be a better like source for other people and how I can do that in a mindful and aware and socially like correct way. Because as a business, like I have the power to create and sell what I want to create and sell, but also like if it's not morally correct for me, like I'm not going to do it. And standing by that has been really hard. Like in the beginning, I was like, should I, should I give them a discount? Even if I shouldn't give them a discount, like, should I be sending products to an influencer whose morals are not where my morals are? Like there's a potential for growth, but there's also a potential for compromising my morals that's been really hard but like just practicing I guess practicing just being you and standing up for yourself and that has been very it's been a lesson (laughs) yeah right I'm sure you know I I so I'm not uh in the small business community I 
I don't know if I have the creative, you know, handwork to be able to sell things. I wish I did, but like, um, I, I like have not heard of that before. I, I didn't realize that that was something that people had to think about. I'm sure there's like a lot of dilemmas. Um, and I think when you're running a business, like kind of on your own, um, I'm sure that that's like only amplified. So I I've never heard of that before. So that's a really interesting insight for someone who's not in that position and who has not experienced that before. Um, and so how do you navigate that? And, and especially in terms of selecting the nonprofits and movements and organizations you've chosen to donate to and work with, how do you kind of uh, been selecting them and making sure that all the money is kind of going to the right place? Yeah, it does start with me because I have to, like as someone with a platform, I'm the one to spark the conversation on the platform. So I have to always be active and like, asking questions, going to the right resources, um, encouraging people to join me in this conversation. Um, but I think research, it sounds boring, but <laughs> research helps a lot, like just staying really up to date on current events and finding where to find the right charities, like the Charity Navigator or like Watchdog websites. Um, that helps a lot. It was like it was a really big fear of mine, especially when I first started, because there was like that whole scandal with like Red Cross not donating all of their money to like the pandemic workers. So I was like really scared. Like, I don't want that to happen. I would rather this be more localized if that means more transparency. And that really got me prioritizing transparency all throughout my platform. And yeah, but what's been really interesting is how like bold I am to just ask questions so at first like I don't know if this comes with being like a high school student or a choice student but we're afraid to ask questions if, that we don't know the answer to <laughs> like, yeah. like if we really don't know we're scared to ask but this one instant like if I'm able to share a story real quick a customer asked like summer 2020 if I could make waste beads for them and I knew like okay, waste beads are trending, but waste beads are also part of African culture. So I don't want to like overstep that boundary. I don't know enough about this. I don't want this to be cultural appropriation. And I, I didn't have answers. I read and I, I read and I researched and I still didn't have answers. So it was scary, but I DM'd this one account on Instagram. Um, they actually sold waste beads and they were a black owned company. And I just, we just had a conversation, like, how would, how does this sound? Um, would it be better if I donated to um, Black community organizations? And we just had a full conversation and she was so welcoming. Like, I didn't feel bad about asking. And I still came to the conclusion that I didn't want to sell waste beans because it just didn't sit right with us. So like progressive conversations, and even if I chose not to sell, it wasn't like a failure moment for me. It was just a learning moment. And I just learned to go on to ask more questions and learn more and just be more aware than I was before. I think that's awesome. And th thank you so much for sharing that story, because I feel like um, for anyone listening and thinking of going into business or really anything in general, that's like a really important thing to like take into consideration. like 
being conscious about how you're using your platform um, because it does come with like a certain amount of responsibility. And that does sound like a Spider-Man quote, but it's not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with great platforms comes great responsibility. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I think that's like totally true. And so is, is that something that was kind of intuitive for you? Did you intuitively be like, okay, I have a platform, like I, I wanna be conscious about how I'm using that or um, is that something you had to learn? No, it was totally learned. It was hard too, because I felt, I feel like there's definitely been times where I didn't think about it consciously and I might have offended people or hurt a community. I definitely did make mistakes in the beginning, but just, I don't know. I had to be mindful because that was the whole thing of Daily Daisy. Like it was to help people. So I just needed to find, actively find more ways to help people whether it be by unlearning certain behavior, by learning certain behavior. And especially because I live in a predominantly like Asian community, I wasn't put in those situations where I had to think about diversity and representation and mindfulness towards other cultures. It's just been me and my Korean family and my Korean friends. <laughs> so um, just the fact that Daily Daisy opened up this entire new world for me, even if it was digital, was very eye-opening it was big <laughs> that's how right. to put it it was big <laughs> right like your world to you gets a little bit bigger um yeah I can totally relate like I I'm based in California too um my elementary school was like mostly Asian American so I was like amongst people that were familiar to me and so and then I I started going to an art school and that was a little bit different I mean representation is obviously not the highest um and hopefully that's something that's being worked on. But like, I, I really appreciated that environment and especially this podcast, like talking to people from other countries and just like, it's weird because our world was smaller because we were quarantined, but then like who I was talking to and interacting with got way bigger. Exactly. Um, and I, I was curious to know, because it, it daily the Daily Daisy project um, is 100% a social activist platform now for you too. When you started it initially, was that your goal or was that something you kind of came up with as you were starting it? Like, oh, this could be that kind of platform for me. Honestly, I didn't think much about the social activism aspect. I've always like thought about social activism. I was like, this doesn't sit right with me. Like it should change. But I was always a passive observer. I was never, I never envisioned myself as being this active component in doing the change. And that might've been because of like high school, maybe. I was just so focused academically that I didn't have the time to like actually think about it and actually plan out how I'm going to do things. And even when I started the Daily Daisy, it was just a hobby for me. And I just, more doors started opening up and more people started talking and joining the movement. And I was like, this can work. Like, I finally have a way of like doing something that I want to do and helping people. And it's so weird because beads are like so tiny and social activism is so big. It feels like disproportionate at times, but it's also like very cool to just see how beads can have so much meaning and travel across the nation and reinforce something. Right. Oh, that's awesome. That, that was very poetic. Um, and I, I, I think like very true. That, that was very poetic. I'm very impressed. Um, 
Um, but like, I, I think that's really cool. Cause like, usually when we start things, we don't like realize, right. um, what, it, like, I, I know for this podcast, when I started, I like what you were saying, I really just wanted to talk to people who were like inside our bedrooms. And I was like, I I'm like a small talk conversationalist kind of person. So, um, I, I feel like starting a podcast was just my way of like opening my door. Mm-hmm. And then once I actually started, I was like, oh no, like, this is not, it's not about me at all. Right. This is about the people I'm talking to. And like, giving them a chance to talk and I I think that kind of changed how that changed everything like you can even see it on my feed if you scroll all the way down the whole aesthetic even changed like (laughs) it really does like change um what you're doing and I think like allowing for that to happen and being okay with just because my initial idea didn't work out like or not not worked out but it it changed and it shifted exactly um I, I think that's like a super cool aspect of it No, I totally agree with you. I think that shift in perspective is so huge, especially for teenagers. Like we're most of the time just thinking about ourselves. And now it's like a whole world and a whole audience that we're working for. I think it's very fulfilling. Yes, I agree. And it's kind of cool because I feel like with business and podcast, really with anything, it's like a lot of your own personality a lot of your own like self goes into that and so like I feel like the things you create are part of you too and as you grow those things grow too like it just kind of makes sense so um it's kind of cool to see that like you were growing in your perspective and growing in your like desire to be involved in social activism and then your business 100% reflected that um so I think that's really cool um and then I, I would love before, you know, we kind of head into the last part of the interview, we have some Q&A questions submitted by listeners. And if anyone out there wants to submit questions, you can follow at The Brighter Pod on Instagram. Um, Axe from Orange County wants to know, what about creating things for others brings you the most joy? Hmm. I, I think for me, it's kind of the intimacy um, and the growth in the relationship that happens with gift giving. And it's such a little act, like you don't have to create something big, but the act of like giving it to them makes them feel like so acknowledged. And it's just like a moment to say, like, I pay attention to you. I listen to what you need and what you want. And you're on my mind. I'm thinking about you. And it can really make someone's day and make them feel more acknowledged. And also like it can just make you a more attentive and caring person. So growth all around. I think it's such a good activity. Right. That's awesome. Um, And wow, that's like such a great insight. I feel like that's a nice way to wrap up the interview because I feel like that's kind of the heart of what the Daily Daisy Project is. Um, Thank you so much for talking with me. I I had like so much fun. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad we yes, had Yes, of course. Talk. And I, I think it was the coolest part because I, I mean, I'm not in business, but there were a lot of things you talked about that I could 100% relate to. And if anyone out there is starting mm-hmm. something or doing something similar, I'm sure they were connecting with it too. So I'm, I'm so glad that we got to talk about everything that we did. Um, <laughs> uh, and before we close <laughs> out, I would love to ask you one final question. Um, if the whole world was listening to you right now, what would you say? Um, I would say that I would want people to be the person that notices a spark in someone else's eyes, you know, whether it be like for a friend or for a family member, or even just yourself, if you really listen and listen attentively and like encourage someone to imagine, 
there comes this one moment where their eyes start to sparkle about something they're really passionate about. And that passion holds so much potential. So be the person that notices. And, you know, because it could be the start of a butterfly effect. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, be sure to leave a rating and review and follow or subscribe on the platform you're tuning in from. To see a video version of this episode and any other episode in season three, subscribe to the Bright Eyed Podcast on YouTube. For updates and more inspiring content, follow at the Bright Eyed Pod on Instagram. Tune in next week for another inspiring interview. And until then, I'll talk to you soon.